Speaking of cold openings, I walked outside this morning and it was very chilly. You know, it's like we're on the same wavelength sometimes because I really wanted to ask you about cold weather. I, I have a question for you. Okay, at what, good. At, at what point, at what temperature do you start turning the heater on in your house? Oh, well, we already have because my wife can't handle the cold. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, what what temperature in your house did it get down to where you were like, okay, it's time for heater? I was, like, mid-60s. See, that's, okay, I'm so glad that you said that, because I am, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm the biggest baby when it comes to, to temperature, and what's weird is it is totally dependent on the outside temperature. So, like, I'm, I'm, I swear, I'm telling you, like, a degree or two shift, and I'm like, whew. I got to turn the air conditioner on or whew, I got to turn the heater on. But it's like, if it's like a hundred degrees outside, I try and keep the house around 69, 70 degrees. But yeah. as soon as like it got down to 65 degrees in our house this morning and Ooh. I was like, need that heater. But I'm like, that's about the the temperature that I would want it when it's summer outside. So it's like, that's true. just because it's now cold outside, that inside temperature that I was wanting during the summertime I now don't want anymore. Like I want it to be warm and toasty. It's so weird. I'm such a, I am a huge baby when it comes to, to, to I've got a blanket on right now. Cause I'm, I'm a little chilly. Well, I, 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 I like having a, uh, I like having a space heater on when I work. I do too. Yeah. Like it's, I, I like the, I like the, uh, the, the white noise, I guess that provide provides. And, um, I like the comfort it gets. And then Brett will walk in like, Oh my God, it's so hot in here. <laughs> it's my office so let me let me have it let me have my candle let me have my space heater and my slippers on because i do right now and i couldn't be happier i do that when i'm and in sometimes i will turn a fan on too because i'm like oh it is hot i'll turn this, I'll turn this I, fan on because i don't want to turn the space heater off. oh my god it's like we're the same person i will do that in the bathroom whether i'm using the bathroom or not i will turn the heater on and heather will walk in after me and it just like like she's walking into an oven or a sauna but like <laughs> in the car i will drive with the heater on and then roll the window down so it's like i've got the heat from the car hitting me and then a cool breeze from the window oh my god i will never forget one one spring day it wasn't even winter it was evening so it was a little brisk out but you picked me up so we could go to pops and get some sodas and have a good time and i got in your car and i, I was trying to be so polite because i'm just like <laughs> I'm seriously dying in here. It is the hottest car I've ever been in my entire life. It had to be like 85 degrees. <laughs> like I, I, did I was that. sweating. My mouth was dry. <laughs> I was like, why is this? Why is Pop so far? <laughs> we got to get there now. <laughs> I did that to our friend Jared one time. I was helping him move out of the garage. And we were hot and sweaty for moving. And we were driving. And the heater was on. He was like, God damn it. <laughs> Turn the air conditioner on. Oh my god. Happy Halloween. The bats are out tonight. The ghosts are getting ready. 
spoons will give you such a fright. I hope your nerves are steady. It's a night for a trick or treat and a spooky weird refrain. So come and take a seat, because it's Halloween again. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of the SMIC Super Show, aka the Scary Movie Ice Cream Night, aka the boys from the Sleepy Hollow Gang. I'm one of your co-hosts, Cole Roberts. <laughs> I'm your other co-host, Mike Anderson. Oh, welcome, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, uh, well, Mike. Uh, we we we've we've been discussing. We've been discussing. Um, we've been on the show, or we've we've been talking before we recorded. Of course, is what we always do. Um, and uh, so I I, I kind of have a general idea of how I know I know how you're doing, but you mm-hmm. brought up a good point, and it was like this is why we need to start recording right now. But uh, today's the day. Now, it is. When I say today's the day, you're going to be hearing this on a Friday. We're recording this mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. Um, but today is supposedly the official release of the McDonald's Halloween Pails. And Mike and I mm-hmm. are just a little apprehensive about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we've got butterflies in our stomach. Oh my gosh, yes. Snakes in our drawers. Well, I don't know. <laughs> 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 yes the, the butterflies are flapping and the snakes are swiveling i don't know yeah so um, i was i was telling you why i'm a little apprehensive about today and yeah. it, what that stems from it stems from the okay so like their most recent promotion with the adult happy meals um i told you about how some of the locations didn't have them and we were able to go through the app and look and see which ones had them and which ones didn't right um because it's such a unique item right and so like i went to one that i knew through the app didn't have them but i still asked anyway in the drive-thru i was like do you have the the flea market um the flea market happy meals I think that's what it was called. Was it a flea market or something? I can't remember. They they were like, no, we won't have them until Monday. And it was that was like four days away after the it was supposed to have started. Yeah, like four days and passed. So, yeah, I think it like started on a Thursday or a, yeah, like a th- Wednesday or Thursday. And then they were like, no, we won't have them until Monday. So it's like, uh, what's what what causes one McDonald's in the same city to have them and the other one not have them? And how do you right. know? You don't know. And then even when, you know, things are going normally, even just on a normal Happy Meal promotion, there's been times where, like, we've gone and it's supposed to have been, like, say, Moana or something like that. But we get, like, an old Mario toy because they're out of the Moana toys. And they just throw in something that they had laying around, just an extra yep. thing. And it's like, you just, you don't know for sure. And that's where the anxiety comes from. Yeah, I mean... And that's 100% true. Like, you don't know. You don't know if you're going to get them. Like, they may have came out yesterday out of my McDonald's. I don't know. I wasn't willing to go down there and make a fool out of myself. (laughs) Um, You know. Uh, But I'm going to try today. You know, today being the day. But I'm also going to be like, you know, I might have to go to a couple of these McDonald's to see who's got them and who doesn't. Because, yeah, I just, I don't know if they're actually going to have them in stock. Yep. But, Yeah. uh, yeah, it's... I, I wish it 
and, and here's here's my other fear, Mike. I know they don't have a lot of these. Um because why the 18th? Mm-hmm. The last few weeks of the month. Now, that could be because they already had to deal with the cactus flea market hipster. Yeah. I don't know. And you know, they didn't want the the pails to steal all the shine from the adult happy meals. That could have mm-hmm. been that could have mm-hmm. been a reason. And that's a valid reason. Um, but it also tells me too that in this world of just limited everything, because you know, we want the we want these pails to not only go on sale, but we want to see them on eBay for two hundred dollars the day they go on sale. Because <laughs> yeah. you know there's gonna be some idiots out there doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think there is a limited aspect to it of like um, that's going to get asses in the seats of like the limited asses in the seats. <laughs> like if they were available for two months, nobody would have the fire to like rush. I mean, there would definitely be people like us that would go out day one and get and get the ones that we wanted. But um, it, it would it might die off like, you know, interest might die off over those. two yeah. months. But if they keep everything contained within a two week you know, time limit, then, you know, that decreases the amount of time that people are going to um, lose interest in it. Yeah. And I, I got to say, too, I do think if memory serves me right, there have been years in the past, whether it was like the Charlie Brown bucket or the Scooby-Doo, where I do feel like I had that like epiphany of like, oh, wow, they got pails now as in like, oh, it's already halfway over through the month. Like, Mm-hmm. Why didn't these come out? I, I want to say that's happened, you know. Yeah. No, that could have been a, a, a fever dream I had. I don't know. But <laughs> I want I want to feel like that that has been the case. That like maybe this is kind of what McDonald's does. I don't know. Right. I just know it's it's incredibly weird that, you know, you and I and most people listening to this show, we had these growing up. We still want them. We want them now. It just really sucks that now it seems like every person in the world that exists wants them too. And it's like, why do you want my childhood so bad? <laughs> oh, that's right. Because yours sucks. <laughs> um, oh, no. Geez. Um, ah, I forgot what I was going to say. God, I'm having one of those days. I'm, I think I've had a stroke last night or something. <laughs> I think I think it's your anxiety. I think I think you're having a hard time thinking because you're just your mind is elsewhere. It's I need these pails. Will I get one? Will Will I enjoy? Will I be happy? Will I finally have happiness when I get one of these McDonald's pails? Oh yeah. Um. So, okay. So, do you remember when they released these for real? Like when they did the pumpkin witch and the ghost. If you like, if you went with your sister, would it be possible for you to have gotten the ghost and maybe she got the pumpkin or the witch? Because what they're doing now is they're only releasing one at a time. So also in this short window, because they said that one restaurant will only have one bucket at a time. So I don't know if that means that one restaurant will only sell ghosts in the two weeks Mm. or if the, or if the, they'll do like ghosts for three or four days and then they'll get the pumpkin and then they'll get the witch. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. I know Bro, that they are going to keep us in that damn drive through for the rest of this month. <laughs> like that is their plan. And I, I think you're right because I've seen as of yesterday, few people on the Internet mm-hmm. who are main nameless who have gotten their their buckets early. You know, their McDonald's had them there the day early. And I don't remember seeing anything but ghosts. Yes. 
Is that is that how it was for you? You only saw people showing up with the ghost bucket. I've only seen one person, and they got all ghosts. Um, wow. So I, but see, I know that um, if you go at one certain time, you're only gonna get one kind. And, yeah. And um, so so that's all that that they're good. So, but if you've seen multiple people only get ghosts, then that tells me that maybe it's a weekly thing. Or like yeah. a daily thing of like we're only gonna get ghosts in the beginning and then the middle might be pumpkins or witches and then they'll wrap it up. With yeah, the, other, the third. I've one. already expressed this, but my my main goal is to get a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. I am a little disappointed that the I you know we were we were kind of told like oh they're not gonna have lids and then you see the images like oh my gosh we get lids and it's like wait they're paper. Oh, they are okay. That's I what see I'm that. seeing. It, it okay. doesn't look like a plastic lid and, and like here's here's my thing. The reason I only want the pumpkin is because that's what I need. I have an mm-hmm. original witch. I have an original ghost. They're behind me on this beautiful shelf I built. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Love it. And thank, thank you, Mike. Um, Very well. And done. they have their lids, and I'm like, I want a pumpkin, but I don't want them to be lidless. Come on, man. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know how I how I feel about the look of the lids because um, I feel like. If you're gonna go to the trouble of this, then just you know go all the way. Don't. Yeah. What's an extra piece of plastic? You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's a cost saving measure. Um, no, I'm tired of this cost saving crap. I'm just. <laughs> I mean, they're charging like twelve bucks for an adult Happy Meal. I like, and and it's like, what is it? A, a Big Mac meal or a quarter pounder? You get the meal by itself, and it's like half the cost. It's like. You're charging me six bucks for a toy that has six eyes. It looks like a toy defect, and I'm getting charged an additional six bucks. It's a, it's, it's a Big Mac or uh, a ten-piece nugget, and I don't eat either of those. I don't like the chicken nuggets, and wow. I don't like, I don't like. Well, okay, I could eat them, but I've never ordered them for myself as a meal. But like, if, if I get them for my kids and they don't eat one, then yeah, I can, I can eat them. Oh, one, I always but... take a dad tax for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, give me one of your nuggets. Yeah. Um, but like I, t- I told you that I went and I got one. And of course, I got the weird guy. Um, See, and that's the one I kind of wanted. Because I'm like. Really? Because it, it just seems like a, it just seems so dumb and goofy where I'm like, this could, <laughs> this is a standalone piece. He's wearing a McDonald's shirt. I have no attachment to this character. I just like the fact that it's a mascot of some sort. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I love Grimace, but I don't need him with six eyes. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that's I, why I'm just a regular Grimace. That's why I was not just like at every McDonald's trying to find these because I would have had they been normal looking, but because yeah. they look so weird and oddball, I I just I don't know. I don't have nostalgia tied to a six eyed, you know. I know. Bar. I mean, I wasn't doing LSD when I was eight, believe it or not. <laughs> so my my tie to grimace with like six eyes. I mean, like let's think about it, guys. McDonald's commercials were already an LSD trip. Yeah. <laughs> How are we tripping them out even more? I don't understand. That's not my childhood. I'm sorry. I said no to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I uh. did drugs, but had completely different reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear about those sometimes. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. Well, I today, 
I want to I want to get everyone excited for today. Uh, episode today is going to be a movie episode. Um, so with that said, we're going to have a little banter here before we talk about the movies, like we have been. Uh, but you know, spoiler warning. You know, if you've not seen either of these movies, then you don't want to listen to the the second half of this podcast. But um, uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking up because like you and i literally just recorded like four days ago so i don't think that much has happened if there has been share but we we got two movies we're talking about and so we definitely want to make time for that yeah um i really don't have anything to update except for the fact that we got our kids costumes mostly in um nice what what are they finally so uh colt and coda they're gonna be cuphead and mugman and um we found a cuphead mask from spirit halloween pretty easily but we could not find mugman and it just stood to reason that there would there should be a mugman um we yeah. found one on amazon and it was like a third party it's the only version of it we could find anywhere and um but we found it they're both same quality they look like they were made by the same company and everything so they don't look like it's not going to be like Cuphead and bootleg Mugman. Um. <laughs> Cuphead and Saucerhead. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched the cartoon, the second season yet? Um, I've seen some of it. I did not watch it as much as the first one, but they watch it all the time. It's so... F- I haven't finished it yet, but the that first episode where they go on the adventure with the pirate who's yeah. trying to court Medusa... <laughs> Dude, I lost. There are two scenes in that episode that I just died laughing. <laughs> One where the sword of the pirate starts talking, like where he's like, bite your tongue. And then the sword starts talking. <laughs> that killed me. That sounded like a mic voice. And and then there's a part where she, Medusa turns um, the pirate to stone and they're trying to carry the pirate, you know, away and like his legs, like his feet fall off. Uh-huh. Like something happens. I forget what I think it was like an ocean tide or something like carries off another part of his body. But <laughs> before that mug man was like, well, at least we still have his legs. And then it carries it away. And the face he makes when that happens, <laughs> it's a it's a meme face, which, you know, I don't love like the meme culture kind of permeating like everything else it does yeah. in life. But it just was so perfect when that happened. <laughs> I I lost it, dude. I and like Lydia's looking at me like I'm a psychopath. But like, like this is the funniest freaking cartoon yeah. I've watched. It it's is so funny good. when when kids pick up on us laughing at adult more adult humor and things and they're yeah. like, What what's so funny? And yeah. I'm like, I can't explain this joke to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll have this talk eventually, but um but yeah, they watched that episode last night because I, I was leaving their room and I saw Medusa on screen. So I, I I'll go back and watch you that one. Should, with them dude, again. It is hilarious. Uh, Lydia quotes that episode all the time. That's how good it is. Yeah. And she uh, quotes an- it wrong, which is even hilarious. Like <laughs> I love it. The animation is so, so good. It and, is. It's fantastic. <clears throat> but so we've got their masks and then we're just kind of making the rest of the costume with like some black under armor shirt and leggings and then um i got them some red and blue shorts uh, nice. and then some white gloves to wear and then um and then caden's just gonna be like a little devil just like a generic devil we got him <laughs> some red uh long underwear and 
Um, it's kind of funny because the only like devil uh, accessories that we could find were in like a sexy devil <laughs> kit. <laughs> so That's he's not got these. Work. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did work because like the. I mean, it was literally just horns and a tail and a bow tie. Oh and, yeah, yeah. But like the picture was of this like sexy girl um in like a mini skirt but it didn't come with like any of the skirt or anything like that yeah, so it's okay. just like so, <laughs> so it hilarious. worked yeah um but he looks he looks hilarious in it and uh we're gonna draw like a little mustache on him and some, some oh my evil, gosh evil eyebrows but um, oh my goodness that's gonna be <laughs> adorable he he's the cutest i mean you all three of the boys were super cute when they were babies not saying they're not cute now but you know what i mean like you right. guys like have very cute babies and they're very huge <laughs> they are. They're so the big. biggest of all of them he's, i he yeah. looks like he like ate a watermelon i don't know like it's it's hilarious but i'll he's give adorable. you i'll give you a quick reference um my three or four year old niece weighs 24 or 25 pounds Caden weighs 27 pounds. He's no, he's not even a year and a half old, and he weighs more than a three or four year old. Damn, that boy likes his milk. <laughs> <laughs> he likes everything. Oh my he will, god, he will eat his dinner, and then he—it's his routine. I will put take him out of his high chair, put him down the ground, and he will walk over to the table that his brothers sit at, and he'll eat whatever they didn't eat. Oh my gosh. And, is I he mean, fully he, mobile now? Like, is he walking oh like yeah. crazy? Oh, yes. wow. Like, fully mobile. Um, he still is kind of wobbly, but it's only because his stomach's so big. <laughs> <laughs> He's so top heavy. He's going to have, like, back issues. Like. <laughs> he does. His back, like, kind of caves in a little bit. Oh I'm actually gosh. a little bit worried about him. <laughs> But oh his doctor gosh. says he's just fine. He's just a <laughs> <Yeah>. big boy. <laughs> she like tries to put him up on the table, like, oh god. Yep. <laughs> she did. No, he's she fine. had trouble it's with normal. him. <laughs> <laughs> she said, surprisingly, I have seen bigger. I'm like, well, that's not comforting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, should they be friends? Like, is it like a club? Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'm glad everyone's got their costumes squared away. We've not gotten Lydia's figured out yet. Um, she oh, wants see, that's to be what... a very obscure My Little Pony character, and Brett's trying to figure out how we do that. Yeah, see, Heather asked me, like, I think it was last night even, she asked me what Lydia was going to be, and I said, you know, I'm I'm not sure I've even asked what, what they're going as this year. And I was like, I know she likes My Little Pony because she just had a birthday of that. Yeah, um, she is on the pony kick like crazy. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Not a lot has happened in our headquarters in the last four days since we've talked. But uh, we've watched a ton of Halloween stuff, which has been really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Lydia, so Lydia has heard me talk about The Ghost of Mr. Chicken a lot. It's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Everybody knows that. And uh, my, it's my mom's favorite movie, too, one of hers. And mm-hmm. uh, she's been begging me to watch it. I'm like, Lydia, you're not going to like this movie. She's like, oh, I will. I'm not going to be scared. I'm like, no, it's not really scary. It's just, you know, and like, so here's what she she knows. There's two types of shows and movies you can watch. One that's animated, a cartoon, or one that she refers to as people talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
the other category of entertainment. Uh-huh. It's people talking. I was like, Lydia, it's a people talking movie. She's like, but there's a ghost, right? I'm like, well, kind of. And she's like, Dad, please let me watch it. I'm like, okay, fine. Well, like, Brett had a photo shoot, a Halloween photo shoot for dogs on Saturday. So she was gone. So Lydia and I, we cleaned up the whole house. We're like, we're going to get the house sparkling clean for mom. She's going to be so impressed when she comes home, blah, blah, blah. And she, Lydia was a badass. Like, she, and what was really fun, the ice cream truck came as I was about to reward her. I'm like, let's just go get ice cream. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we stopped the ice cream truck. She told us it was her last shift for the year. I'm like, oh, oh no, miss, I'll miss it. Um, but anyway, we got the ice cream and finished cleaning up the house. And so she wanted to watch a movie and have some popcorn. And she was just dead set on watching Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I turned it on, and she watched it, and she made it through about three fourths of the movie before she fell asleep. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but when she woke up, she wanted me to rewind it and finish the movie. But I don't know if she liked it, but I'm just so surprised because she was like, every time Don Knotts was on the screen, she's like, he's weird. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know. And she's like, who's the chicken? Or she's like, where's the chicken? I'm like, he's the chicken. She's like, that's a man. I'm like, I know. He's he's scared. He's he's a you know, like when people say, Oh, you're being a chicken. She's like, Oh, so there's not a real chicken in the movie? I'm like, no. <laughs> and then like later on, she's like, Where's the ghost? I'm like, Well, it's a haunted house movie, you know, like it's not really a ghost. She's like, There's not a ghost. And I'm like, Well, there is, but you it's at the end and so like there's a part where the organ kind of plays by itself kind of like finally oh maybe the house was haunted you know that sort of deal i'm like there it is that's the ghost she's like wait you can't see the ghost i'm like no she's like there's no ghosts in the whole movie i'm like no it's just it's a haunted house movie and she's like and there's no chicken i'm like all right clearly this was a mistake False advertising. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, you've ruined was essentially a perfect movie by all of your questioning and all of your technicalities. My little five-year-old. Thank you for that. <laughs> I can't remember what I put on the other day, but it, oh, I tried to put on the original Munsters for Colt and Coda the other day. Oh and Colt gosh. told me, dad, I do not like black and white movies. Oh, or, that or, sounds or like my he, wife. Or he was like, I do not like black and white things. And I was like, why? And he's like, cause they're, old wow you can leave (laughs) wow listen here little man yeah (laughs) you and your technicolor television Um, sets (laughs) did you watch um uh charlie brown yet not yet i'm saving it maybe for tonight if we get the pails that's what i'm gonna celebrate we're gonna Uh, do a little but man we had a brett and i had a really good so we we've watched some movies we're going to talk about one of them on this cast. But we did see Hocus Pocus 2. Okay. I really liked it. Okay. Did you like I, it? I wanted to like like I said last night, I wanted to like it. I just don't I just don't know if I did or not. Um it, it, cuz like I, it was not a bad movie. Like I I don't know. I saw so many people crapping on it. I'm like, yeah. I don't think could, it was what terrible. Could they have done? They they I think they tried really hard. Like it looked great. It was a great looking movie. There was just some. I think it was the ending that just kind of didn't rub me right. I didn't want to feel sorry for Sanderson's. Sure, I end. do get that. That was I a, like, that was a little of a surprise, I guess. Yeah, 
I like the bad guys being bad guys, you know, and I don't like this new trend of like sympathizing with the bad guy all the this time. This whole so. empathy crap. I mean, I- <laughs> <laughs> what is this salty discharge from my eyes? <laughs> what is with all the feelings in this movie? I want to see them be relentless witches. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> It would be it would be like the equivalent of like Jason Voorhees being like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, what? You yeah. can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I think that that was the whole like things lately ending wise have just not been hitting the mark. Like, oh yeah, I, we're gonna get to that later. <laughs> the new She-Hulk show, like a lot of people crapped on that. I actually really enjoyed watching it but the ending was just not there for me and i was just like yeah there needs to be like if you're if you're putting this much effort into something there needs to be a satisfying ending and maybe i'm just like a different type of satisfying than most people nowadays but yeah i mean it's hard to tell a story and it i think it's really hard to also expand on something that has had a life of its own for nearly 30 years like hocus pocus like when i heard they're doing a remake i'm like you're gonna regret this i'm like no like this movie is such a staple in halloween culture and and fandom and disney like it's really hard to come back to something 30 years later but i had a great deal enjoying um because I, I realized like part of the charm of the first movie is it's funny seeing these witches from the 1600s in the 90s and mm-hmm. there's all these things that they don't understand. Well, it's crazy how much technology and culture has progressed um, in you know 30 years later. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. like the Roomba bit, oh my gosh, dude, that was freaking <laughs> genius yeah hilarious and then even how they fixed the little problem later in the movie i'm like oh my god i i told brian like that is brilliant like that is hilarious writing and this is just too funny um but yeah i'm kind of with you i mean you know i i honestly it it gets my stamp of approval i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun for somebody like me i'm i I think i said this on the last cast i'm so sick of the first movie i do not want (laughs) to see it again for a really long time uh, this was a nice treat because Brett loves Hocus Pocus. She enjoyed the movie. I feel like she probably got her fix, maybe, uh, of needing to see something Hocus Pocus for for Halloween. And I enjoyed it. I'm like, good. I'm like, but here's here's where I I'm I'm sniffing around. I'm like, you you know, you know, there's going to be a third one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <clears throat> you know, there's going to be a third one. Not with and the Sanderson Sanderson sisters will not be in it. It's uh-huh. going to be a whole new deal. It's going to star these three, uh, you know, middle school, high school girls, wherever they were. You know, it, it, it's going to be a thing. I guarantee it. Dollars and Donuts, you've heard it first, my friends. Exclusive. SMRC exclusive. Yeah, that's right. Hocus Pocus 3 has been announced. Right here first. In my mind. The thing that I was like super impressed with about this movie was just how. Um, you know, maybe money had a lot to do with it, but just seeing, you know, like Bette Midler and the other witches, you know, get back into their character, they're like 70, 80 years old, <laughs> but it's like, she's still, <laughs> she's still being Winifred and doing a dang good job at it. So I, I yeah, was, you know I was what? happy on, to see that. 
on that note, Brett and I both were super impressed by the the three young girls in the beginning of the movie who betrayed them. Yeah. Like, there's not, I don't know, I, I mainly just, I have a kid now and she's watching more, like, live action stuff for her age, but, like, kids are horrible actors, man. Like, I mean, yeah. it, at least it, it seems to be that way. I used to, I used to always be, and I still am to this day, um, when I watch uh, episodes of Full House, I'm like, Jodie Sweetin was a freaking star. Like, that kid, <laughs> when she was young, and of course, I just, I love Jodie. She's like, um, you know, her and I are birthday twins. Um, I've always felt like some sort of connection with her. And, you know, she was my favorite on Full House growing up, too. Um, but uh, she was phenomenal kid actor. I mean, just like her, her timing and her wit and her beats were just... They were so good. She she didn't have like we've all watched like you know a, a Disney sitcom at one point where the it's like overacting, loud, obnoxious, yeah. like you know just shouting almost. And like these kids who played the the Sanderson sisters at the beginning of the movie, I'm like they're phenomenal. Like they've got like the facial like you know everything from like the. Um, you know, the same facial expressions and the same hand gestures that this, like, especially when you've seen a movie for 30 years, you know how the Sanderson sisters act. These kids killed it. I was like, holy yeah. crap. Like, this is really good. Yeah. Um, you're making me change my opinion. <laughs> the more we talk about it. Like I, I, like I said, I was really impressed with a lot of things about it. I think I just, this, the ending just didn't stick it for me, but stick the landing I, but. if i think about it now like i said there was no need at all for there to be a second movie i mean they literally died in the, you know what i mean or they went back to dust or whatever you want to say in the first yeah. movie all was well at the end um so i think with the ending the way it was like i because like i i i i made the comment when we started the movie where it was like hey the spell they're talking about of being most powerful witch. I'm like, why is it in the book if they if it's one you shouldn't even do? You know what I mean? Like it's kind right. of like the forbidden <laughs> spell, right? Yeah. Um, and I realize, you know, in the movie, like that was kind of like if you're gonna bring something up, you have to follow through with that. And so it's like it was their way of being like, okay, yeah, see, um, this is the price you pay um if you want to if you want to do the spell and mm -hmm. it, it was kind of nice to see like oh i get it like this is actually a big price to pay we find out that even though the, even though like like winifred's always been kind of a, a dick <laughs> to her yeah. sisters in a way she's like the ringleader and she's always been kind of mean um and you know we find out too that like you know uh, even one of her sisters possibly cheated on one of her boyfriends or at least the boy she had a crush on. So you find out like, okay, they really do mean more to her than anything else. And it, it is kind of this kind of a neat thing to be like, if you peel back the layer, like bad guys do care. Mm -hmm. They don't care about good necessarily, but they care about something, whether it's world domination or, you know, uh, yeah. whatever it is. But it is kind of interesting to be like, okay, if we are going to bring these sisters back and they are going to have to be gone for good you know let's kind of bring up some of the the turmoil these siblings have amongst mm -hmm. each other and then let's see a resolve with that and then now they get all rest at peace and i thought that was pretty good not bad you know i kind of wish you were around to just walk me through all aspects of my life <laughs> 
that I deem negative because I I'm looking at this movie much more positively now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because like I I for me like like I, I said last time Brett was like when are we gonna watch when are we gonna watch I'm like ah, I just like I don't I don't want to watch it right now like well again I was just kind of tired of Sanderson Sisters a little bit you know and and again it's hard for me to watch movies these days but um. And then I just heard so many bad things about it. And I was just like, all right, well, my expectations, my bar's pretty low. And when I saw it, I was like, it was so entertaining. It was so fun. I was like, at the end, I'm like, wait, wh- people didn't like this? Why? You know, like, I think I think if you go into that mindset starting out. Also, I'll say this. And I'm not Mr. Mr. Author, Mr. Writer here. But I've been reading so many books this year on how to write a story. Uh-huh. And... I've really like been watching movies with that premise of like, okay, this is what needs to happen. You have to have a character and you have to establish the world that they're currently in. You have to get to make a movie interesting or a story interesting. The character has to want something. And then you have to see them, see how bad they want it. What is the price they pay? What is it that costs them? And how do they get it? And I thought that movie did a very good job of getting all of that. That is literally the premise of every story. And then the world has to be different at the end of the movie. It cannot stay the same. Otherwise, why did you watch it? You know, why why did this story need to be told? And I thought that movie, I thought Hocus Pocus checked all those boxes I've been, you know, reading about and dissecting. I would like to maybe get some book recommendations from you as far as like you know writing stories because like i'm trying to write one for myself right now and i'm just i'm writing it but it's like as i'm reading it back to myself i'm like why is this interesting (laughs) this is interesting only to me yeah it's fun i i've watched like i've been going to conferences i went to a conference this year i took a class on a weekend on like just writing techniques and been reading a lot of books about it. I've been reading books and watching shows and then writing them out on, you know, typing them out on my computer and like breaking them down into their three story acts and trying to find all those story beats. So um, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's actually made me appreciate more of the things I've been watching or even me being overly critical about some things being like, no, this story was, but you didn't address this. You know, <laughs> what about this? You mentioned it. Why didn't you bring it back? You know? Yeah. Does anyway. it does it borderline formulaic? Like you know how like almost all Marvel movies are. It's kind almost of the painfully same? formulaic. Everything yeah. is, but at the same time, it's the subject matter that makes it interesting. And it's yeah. usually, even though there's a formula to follow, you there there's still freedom and liberty to take that in any direction you want. It's oh. just you have to think of it like there needs to be an exchange. There has to be something that happens, whether good or bad. But there has to be some sort of like a need or a want for the main character. And then mm-hmm. the outcome is kind of up to you, you know? Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I know what I want to happen in my story, but I, I feel like I need that formula or that foundation to kind of build around. And I just haven't found it yet. Man, I, I would love to talk more about that. Yeah. Let's, let's do that on our other podcast. How to uh, write a story. Writing. Yeah, creative <laughs> writing with Mike and Cole. <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted, I wanted to talk about one night before getting to the movies, but uh, one night was really fun. Brett and I had uh, had a bit of a hard time getting Lydia to bed, so she got to bed late. And, you know, when it's late, it's like, oh, I don't really want to watch any movies, but the house has been looking spooky. We got all the decorations out. And I'm like, we got to watch something. And so... 
we watched two episodes of Home Improvement Halloween. Yeah. And then we watched the King of Queens Halloween episode. And it was just like the most perfect night. Ooh. I was like, oh my gosh, so much joy and laughter and like fun spookiness where I'm like, I could do this every night for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, does Brett want to watch those with you? Yes, or, or Does she, she want it. to watch them as well? Okay, I just... I sometimes feel like Heather's watching them just to appease me because uh, <laughs> like I, I, I know that she likes it when I'm watching something that I want to watch, but I want her to enjoy it too or yeah. I don't enjoy it. And so um, that's why sometimes I watch it on my own. But um, I'm glad that, that you guys have been getting to watch Home Improvement because I know what we've been talking about that for a long time. Yeah. I, I love it, but Brett loves Home Improvement, and that makes me so happy. Like she yeah. she loves that show. Of course, there is a bit of a Michigan tie to it, and so mm-hmm. there might be a little bit of pride. But um, but yeah, I think it's a great show, and the Halloween episodes are just always fun. So what happens in the King of Queens? I've never seen a Halloween King. Well, King I'm going to say that for another episode, but it's oh, okay. great. <laughs> well, um, just real quick before we transition, I, I had a pretty good night on Sunday. Um, it was more like fall rather than um, Halloween, but it was, uh, I made like my favorite Sunday night dinner, chicken, uh, chicken, green beans, green, green beans and, uh, uh, you know, rolls and, and, uh, did that upright but um when heather got home from work it was really surprising so like i was watching home improvement in the kitchen uh that was my routine for making dinner and she goes into (laughs) (laughs) she goes into the living room and um i can see the living room from our kitchen i can see our living room tv and she turns on a football game i'm like what is what is going on (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and um, it turns out that she was not watching a live football game. She was watching the Tennessee Alabama game that had yeah. played over the weekend, and she had been hearing about how epic the game was, and so she was watching um, a condensed version of the game. It was more like a highlight reel um, uh, to kind of see the build up to the conclusion of that game where they tore down the goalpost and. And it was just like, it was perfect. Um, but it, what, what was kind of sad was she finished the highlight reel just as I finished making dinner. I was like, no, I wanted to watch this while we ate dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I turned it back and watched a little bit of the ending to kind of see the final field goal. And Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, yeah, that game that. was crazy. Yeah. And then I didn't even put it together, but it's one of the teams was Tennessee. And yeah. so I bet that you guys were that like, did you? were you close enough to it like did you see the goalposts in the river or anything <laughs> no <laughs> i mean you know like a uh, word word gets around fast when when something like that happens um but yeah i mean m- my dad and i talk football every weekend after after the game so um usually i have to just call him so i can vent <laughs> 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 but yeah. yeah we always like because it's funny i watched the friday night game so i watched my old school play um which they're undefeated right now this season has been crazy they won by almost like 60 points last friday it's ridiculous um so we always talk about the game he always uh i i, I watch the live stream but he's always texting me the score um and updates and then we talk about college football um, which I don't get to watch a lot of. Um, I'm usually working on Saturdays, but uh, and then we talk about the NFL games on Sunday. So, it, is your dad like it took 37 years, but goddamn it, my son's yeah. finally a man. 
exactly. I know he is so proud. And like we even like we we bug my mom so much to be like, okay, you guys talk about football. I'm gonna go so you know. And it's like <laughs> yeah, that's right. Us meme. We're gonna talk about football. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> Get out of here and make us some sandwiches, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> make sure they got a lot of beef on them. What a beefy sandwich. <laughs> Chewy beef. Um. <laughs> Did you also put the toothpick in it so it doesn't fall yeah. apart? <laughs> like a little pickle on the side, too. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, God, I love football so much, though, dude. It's like this time of year is just amazing. We had a bye week for the Titans, and so I'm ready to get back into action this weekend. Looking forward to it. Gonna have my snacks, my football. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. Well, I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get into this movie talk. Next, you're in for a big surprise. All right. Well, um, man, should I should I bring up an old friend? Yes, you should. You think you know what I'm talking about? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, bring him on, man. <laughs> the more the merrier. <laughs> Our old friend, Mike, IMDB. Oh, yes. Yeah. I am DBs. All right. I'm going to read a description for the first movie we're going to talk about because this is a two for y'all's getting. Yeah. Here we go. You don't have to be scared. On that, I give my word. Hello? After being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. The Black Phone. Description by IMDb. Yes. All right. The Black Phone. Uh, man. I... So, I mean, technically, we both kind of came to this movie a little bit late. Um, it came out this summer, and I remember seeing quite a few social media posts, you know, like mm-hmm. post a movie poster like oh so good or i watched it you know whatever yeah um and i i just i've been out of the horror movie loop for so long and just movies in general um i really didn't even think about checking it out it's just kind of like oh okay that's a creepy mask um <laughs> and i don't know what it has to do with the phone like is it like I, is it a black plague movie is it i i don't know <laughs> um but brett and i watched it on the cack um a few <laughs> about a month ago and uh we were both very impressed so yeah um yeah i mean that might give a little bit of a surprise Has... or uh not surprise but a little bit into like what my rating might be but mm-hmm. i liked it yeah um you cut out for just a second there so i didn't know if you I mentioned said the cock or... <laughs> i got that far okay good um but i didn't know if you mentioned about when you were talking about like seeing advertisements for it and stuff did you feel like the advertisements represented the horror aspect of it very well 
um because it, it you were talking about the mask specifically um sure that was like i remember my, my mom my mom loves like scary movies but she's she was like i don't know if i want to see that movie because that mask is so terrifying and it's like it is a yes movie. it was it was very creepy but i kind of felt like in some ways that was the scariest part of the movie to me and um but i don't know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that um when we when we get into it but um i don't know i just wanted to see if you if it presented itself as the type of horror movie that you actually felt like you watched I mean, yeah, to some degree, like, I had only seen the movie poster, and then the night we were looking for a flick to watch, I watched it, we watched the trailer for it, um, Mm -hmm. so, um, but there was a bit of a supernatural horror aspect to the movie that wasn't necessarily shown in the trailer, and I think Mm -hmm. that's probably, uh, probably to, to, you know, to its benefit, um, because it was, I don't know, I, when I got done watching the movie, I thought, I can see this being a horror movie, uh-huh. but I felt like it was more of a thriller, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. That's, I guess, that's what I was getting at. I felt like it was more of like a, almost like a crime, true crime thriller uh, yeah, with it, some it supernatural has a slasher, aspects. Yeah, it has a slasher vibe to it, so I could see, like, from an aesthetic standpoint, um, especially with the time piece that it kind of holds being uh, in the it's what is it in the 70s or the yes 80s something like that yeah um, but yeah I I so I kind of thought okay slasher flick or something like that but it definitely was more of a thriller um, a lot of mm-hmm. like a I don't know not psychological had some elements of that but it's definitely a thriller yeah I mean yeah it was Thriller. I feel yeah. like I'll say this. I feel like um, I'm. O- I used to be not not anymore, but I used to have people come over and watch movies or stuff, or go to somebody's house and watch a movie. And you'd always have those people like, oh, I want to watch a horror movie. Like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, this might have been too scary for the average non horror movie person to watch. Versus like, hey, everybody's gonna watch a thriller, you know? Um, if that makes sense like it definitely had a bit more scare in it than i was expecting yes um man i have to say this or i'm gonna forget we've been you've been saying the word thriller so many times i accidentally introduced thriller to my kids the other night (laughs) for the first time (laughs) oh wow colt one of colt's favorite thing to do now is to dance to like youtube music and Caden yes. likes to dance too, and Coda kind of gets into it too. And he was re- he was doing the moonwalk, and I was like, Colt, do you know what that is? And he was like, No. And I was like, That's that's Michael Jackson. Oh, he also thinks Jason Voorhees' name is Michael Jackson <laughs> because he was wearing some some Friday the Thirteenth socks the other day, and he was like, That's Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, so I showed him some videos of Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. And so we just started watching some of his music videos, and then Thriller came on. I should not have done that. Oh, it's you're scary never to hear me the end still. Of it. Yeah, oh, it's like, it is scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrifying. I don't know why I thought that it was a good idea to show that to a That's six hilarious. and four and one year old. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mike! That's too funny. <laughs> yeah, you live and learn. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Tangent. All right. We needed <clears throat> that. Everybody needed to know that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, this movie, um, I liked it. It, it, and it's one of those things where it's like, um, I don't know if it was like, it's like, did I like it because it was 
uh, much different than a horror movie. Like, you know, there's those horror movies out there that have come out in the last, you know, couple of decades that have been like the game changers, you know, or the, mm-hmm. the movies that did something different. Um, but I don't think this did anything different. It was just very good. It was just a very what? good movie. And that's the shocking part. I just haven't seen a lot of in the world. And I know I'm going to get crap for this, but I've expressed my feelings about these movies in the past. But I just do not dig the A24 crap. I don't. Yeah. I don't. It, they're too damn long. They're so boring. They're so artsy. It hurts. It's like mm-hmm. they're just not my thing. And I know people just love to rave and rave and rave about those movies, but like they just don't do anything for me. So like to, and that's been the most of the horror movies I've watched, you know, in the last couple of mm-hmm. years. And this was nice because it was definitely not that type of movie. Yes. What I liked about this movie was that it had elements of, you know, the stereotypical horror. Like there were a couple jump scares where like a ghost would just kind of appear in the, in a scary manner, but I don't feel like it relied on those. And no. um, where I felt like the most horror came from, and to be honest, it's part of the reason that I hadn't watched this movie yet, was I have three young boys. I don't want to watch a movie about a young boy being kidnapped. And, oh, I know. Because that's my biggest real world fear. Or like is, any kid. I mean, not just, you know, not just boys, but like having right. a kid. Right. It just, it was, it was mostly um it was more relatable to me i guess because it yeah. was a boy but um but yeah that's my that's my number one real, real world fear right now after being a parent is is something happening to them and because yeah. it's just like you're at the complete mercy of who's ever taken them you can't help them they're terrified and it's just like oh i don't want to watch that and um but i was i was still very curious about this movie um from what I'd seen from trailers and, and promotional photography. And so I, it had been on my list for a while to watch. And I, I'm glad that I did because it was, it was a great movie. And I was even talking to Heather about it afterwards, that it was so good to me and such a tight story and so well executed that the nitpicks that I had about it were just like, I had to find something to nitpick about. And it, it was like, it wasn't really even an issue. Um, I just like if I had to think of something that I didn't like about it um, were just these little tiny nitpicky things. <clears throat> yeah, I it's hard because like it's been about a month since I've seen it. So I know this isn't like the best <laughs> the best version of me talking about it because it's not totally fresh on my mind um, mm-hmm. as much as the, the next movie we're, we'll talk about. But um, I want to say I felt like I did have some sort of nitpick about it, but I honestly can't remember. So it wasn't probably wasn't even that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> if I can't remember it to, to you know, a month <laughs> later, I just remember really enjoying the movie. Yeah. Because um, the pacing is really good in it. There's mm-hmm. I, there's, there's a lot kind of happening, I guess, because like the boy comes from a, a pretty. Ab- oh, I remember. I remember. Okay, this is kind of coming back to me. So it's mm-hmm. without doing a play-by-play because we've tried mm-hmm. to steer away from that in the past. Um, the general premise of this movie is there there are kids that are going missing in this town, mm-hmm. and um, it ends up you know we we dial in on a family, and mm-hmm. this family has a, a brother and a sister and uh, a dad, and the dad's a, a real dick. He is mm-hmm. your typical like drunk 
80s yeah. dad type of thing like you see in so many movies where you know he just beats the shit out of the kids and he's very you know he's just he's just he just sucks um yeah and you know you're seeing you know there's quite a lot happening uh to these kids and it's you know it's sad it's heartbreaking it's frustrating um but you you know that it's not only coming from a place of like oh they got a drunk dad but the there's something unique about the girl she kind of has this ability to uh see visions uh-huh. and we kind of get a little bit of gist that maybe her mom who is no longer in the picture we find out later died um she had a similar ability to see a vision yes so what happens is she's starting to see and kind of get these visions of like yeah there's something sinister going on in the town that's why these kids are going missing like she kind of has this like really like deep gut feeling to it and ends up her brother goes missing and so now she's got a very deep connection to you know wanting to see more visions where she's really tried to stay away from the vision stuff because she knows how much torture it brings her dad and you know like you know he he doesn't approve of this because of like her mom had this ability or whatever so there's kind of a supernatural um tinge to the story yeah but yeah we don't really get to spend a lot of time in that world and that was my only complaint like i really wish we could have leaned into that a bit more because you're kind of it's kind of telling two different stories you've got there's a girl dealing with a supernatural ability, but there's also her brother who's kidnapped by this insane psychopath, you know, who uh, kind of parades a bit in, in town as like he's like a like a, a clown of some sort. He has his signatures like he's got these big black balloons that kind of like he tries yeah. to like lure the kids and, you know, with and uh, magic tricks and he ends up taking the kids and, you know, he walks them yeah. up um, and they and they don't live um, essentially. Yeah. Um I was when I was talking through it with Heather, I, I was kind of talking down on the the daughter's like abilities and I was like, ah, I don't know if I really liked that being in the story, but it, but then I was like, well, there's also talking ghosts in the story. It's like why shouldn't there be why shouldn't the daughter, you know, his sister be able to be a medium of some sort or have, you know, these visions? Um, yeah that you, you know that that made it not feel so out of place that that was a possibility um i think the big nitpick that i had with it was that for some reason despite the situation that the boy was in i never felt like he was in extreme danger like i know the other kids were killed but there was never like that tension of like where he was like trying to escape through the window or he was like digging under the tile or something. They never had like a moment where like, oh, you know, the the grabber's coming back. He's walking down the stairs. He needs to cover up what he's been doing or he's going to get caught and get mm-hmm. punished. There was never any instance like that. It was always just like, well, he's just digging. He's digging up the floor. Or he's digging through the wall or he's trying to climb the wall. There was never any like tension of he needs yeah. to be he needs to finish this up real quick or the grabber's going to find out he's trying to escape and yeah. so and and like the only it, it it was explained that you know the grabber never really did anything to him because he wasn't playing the game quote unquote right so like he never walked up the stairs or he never initiated the the naughty boy game is what they called it and yeah. so that's why nothing ever like really physically happened to him but 
I just wish there was a little bit more of that tension of like, you know, at any moment something could happen to him. Because when he finally did escape and he overcame the the grabber, I didn't really get that sense that he had just escaped a traumatic situation. Like he was just kind of held captive in this room for however long. I don't even know how long he was in there. Like a week Um, or something. Yeah, but he wasn't like, he wasn't beaten while he was in there. The worst thing that really happened to him was... Uh, he didn't feed him very often and so yeah. he was probably starving and then like he did try and escape that one time and he you know held the knife to him but he never really physically did anything to him and um i had a hard hard time explaining that to heather like she's like I, nobody wants to see somebody you know beat a child or right <laughs> do anything bad to him. i was like i don't want to see it i just didn't get any of that tension you know and yeah and it's so it's it, the possibility of it happening not necessarily yeah it happening. it's like we know that something you know he's if 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 this goes as far as it should he's going to die in the end right. we know that because the other boys have died um but that was really my only only downfall of the movie and it wasn't even that big because everything else was perfect i felt like it was a great movie yeah i i i would have like i guess i would have liked a little bit more and and it's not necessary but it was interesting like you know like you were saying like the the grabber basically you know without the kids knowing wanted them to play along in this whole charade he was doing yeah i'm guessing that stems from his childhood where Mm -hmm. He may have been locked up, and if he tried to escape, dad was always waiting. Because that that part just really like made my hair stand up. Of like, yeah, he because he's a guy. The grabber's a guy who like has literally many different faces. He had multiple different masks, um, mm-hmm. different personalities when he was wearing the mask. Um, all very creepy and, and unsettling. Um, so anytime he was present. I felt unsettled. I felt that tension. If he wasn't around and the boy was digging and, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm with you. I didn't feel that. But when he was around, that mm-hmm. tension was really high, I feel like. And, you know, the thing is, like, the, what was kind of cool about this movie is there, there's this black disconnected phone in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And he even makes a comment saying, like, oh, that's never worked. You know, that never worked when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh, so you've spent time down here. Yeah. Which also explains that, like, why when you're wearing this other mask, you're, you know, he's literally sitting in the kitchen, you know, by the door in this chair, kind of like in this, you know, dad mode pose where he's, you know, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. he's dressed different. He's got, you know, got a belt or, you know, a bat or something. And he's just like waiting, like, you're going to leave this room. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Try to leave. Yep. And, yep. you know, the boy's getting phone calls on this phone that's disconnected and they're ghosts who are calling him. He, they're like, don't do it. I, mm-hmm. I know I tried to escape. He's waiting. He wants you to play the naughty yeah. boy game. So he's getting yeah. all this insight from uh, those who have gone before him. And, but that's all we kind of know about the grabber's history. Like we don't know, but you kind of have to put it together. Like, okay, so I wonder like, why was this phone down here? And mm-hmm. is there any significance to like when he ex- had it as a kid? Maybe that's true. Maybe it's always been disconnected. And that's why, you know, now this boy is able to get phone calls. I'm using quotations here. Um, he's getting mm-hmm. messages from from the dead saying like, hey, yeah, do this. Don't do that. Try this. Don't try that. You know, so I guess I guess in a way I kind of I liked how that kind of planned out. Like you, you would like to think like, man, if there's 
you know, you always see ghost movies, but like, when is the ghost mm-hmm. ever really trying to be helpful? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it was oh, yeah. kind of interesting to be like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help you get out of here. Here's what I've learned. Obviously, I had to learn it the hard way because I'm no longer here. Um, yeah. So it, I that, know, it's a very interesting movie. Well, that's something I told Heather. I was like, yeah, you see ghosts. And they're scary looking, but they were never scary to me because they were helpful. It was like they were yeah. they were scarier looking Caspers, you know. They were they were friendly ghosts. Yeah, they and, were friendly um, ghosts. <laughs> they were trying to help them. I often uh, found myself asking if the black phone was actually even there because they said that the um, and now that you were saying that that's possibly a place that the grabber was held as a kid. Um, <clears throat> If that was maybe like some sort of manifestation down there, because they said that he can hear the phone and he said he's heard it ringing and he picked it up, but nobody was ever there. And it's like, it's so weird that there's nothing in this room except for a black phone on the wall. So it's like, why is that even there? So I'm wondering if it really is even there. Um, I think, well, I think it is because he uses it as a weapon at, at that point. Oh, that's at, right, at that's right, point. that's right. I, 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 I kind of think, uh, as many stories as I've heard about, you know, uh, early traumatization, you know, things like that, um, mm-hmm. that maybe he was hearing the phone ring as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that was part, like, more of a, uh, I don't know, like an effect of trauma of getting beat. Maybe his ears were ringing. Maybe he was getting clocked yeah. in the head. You know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. or, you know, maybe he was just in such a sad state of not being fed and being beaten as a kid that, like, he's imagining that phone ringing, but there's nobody there because it's not really connected, that sort of thing. Like, so there, you know, I, I, I think I think this movie really kind of forces you to kind of put the pieces together Uh, everything Mm -hmm. from the girl and what her mother could have been like and like why she might have a psychic ability of some sort. We don't get answers on that. Why that phone's down there. We don't really get answers on that. Why is this man the way that he is? We don't really get answers on that. But there's these breadcrumbs that I think and here's where I plot it. It wasn't a super long movie. So I think. If you were trying to dive into all that, then, oh, man, strap in. This might need to be a TV show, um, which right. it probably would have made a really fantastic TV show, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I really think, like, it's very rare. I watch one of these long TV shows and think, like, oh, yeah, that made sense to divide this up into 10 hours, you know? <laughs> like, you're like, this could have been an hour and a half flick or a two-hour flick. Um, yeah. But I... I it's very rare when I do see a movie, I'm like, oh, this really could have been a good TV show. Like, this could have been, like, one of those really good, like, um, you know, drama shows or whatever. Yeah. Um, that Yeah, that, that's something I remember even telling Heather, too, was, like, I think they gave us just enough to tell a story. And, like, they gave us a lot to put, it, put together ourselves. But it's, like, maybe they could have you know, let us know what some of the other kids maybe have gone through to give a little bit more attention to what it's possible that this boy could have gone through. Cause really you only got, um, impressions of what happened to those boys by their ghost conditions. Like some of them had like gashes in their face and stuff like that, but you don't really know what happened to them. And, right. um, and so like, you know, that's possibly to the movie's credit that, you know, it gave you just as much, just enough information that you could, you know, kind of fill in the blanks on your own. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I appreciated that. I really, yeah. 
Well, and I don't want to give too much away because um, I mean, what what we've said so far is pretty spoilery. But there's there's a pretty good turn and twist in the movie that I was really not expecting. Um, which again, like I'm thinking, like man, that would have been a really good setup over time uh, uh, through a TV show. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, really, really good. I'm I'm gonna leave it at that. There's something. There's a good little twist and little thing in the story that really keeps it interesting. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a quick rating before we go to our next movie, Mike. All right. It's a three scooper. It's a three scooper. Yes. Yep. Um, that is. Fun. I would even watch it again. That's how I feel about it. I think it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um. I know that Heather wants. I know that I explain the whole movie to her, and she loves it when I do that. I'm like, just watch the movie. But I'm sure she wants to watch she loves it. it so. when I do that. <laughs> she Heather Heather loves spoilers, and it drives me crazy because she will spoil things for me. And I'm like, oh, no. I want to actually watch this movie, and she'll just like work it into a random conversation. Oh like, my gosh! I'm like, uh. <laughs> It's Brett's kind of like she she will she's not uh, she I wouldn't say she loves spoilers, but I've caught her watching some shows before where she's just like, I got to look ahead. I got to know if this person's going to live or not. You know, and and she'll find out about something like, oh, my God, they died. I'm like, well, shame on you. (laughs) Don't look it up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But what what would you give this movie? Oh, yeah. It's a three scoop for me. Yeah. Oh boy, you you officially rate. I love I love. There's only going to be a small percentage on social media who will get your movie ratings, and I've enjoyed you showing the like little movie poster and like your scoop rating. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you gave it a three scooper on the old IG. Well, I wanted to. I almost did the next movie that we're going to watch too, but I didn't want. I wanted to actually talk through this one, even though yeah, and only yeah. only a small <laughs> number of people even understand what I'm doing. But um, I wanted to wait to post that one. Yeah, so let's get into the next movie because I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. Um, all right, let me get up, uh, bring it back our old friend. Um, you know who it is. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I am DB. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Halloween. We're going to have a good time tonight. Time to put the boogeyman to bed. Halloween ends. All right. We are talking about Halloween ends. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Stroh comes to a spine chilling climax in this final installment of this trilogy. Description by IMDb. So, yeah, the last movie of this trilogy. You know, I had, uh-huh. I had this conversation with my dad recently where I was like, yeah, it's the last one. He's like, is it, though? I'm like, no, you're <laughs> right. I mean, probably with Jamie Lee, yes, for sure. Um, it has mm-hmm. to be. Um, this movie certainly lives up to its name as in it ends. But, um, yeah, I think um, I uh, th- there's definitely going to be more. I, I can almost guarantee it. Just... Yeah, for sure. You know, none, none of these guys, none of these franchises, not, they don't really die. So, um, but this mm-hmm. is, in fact, the last one of this trilogy that has been going on for the last four years. And, um, yeah, I I want to say 
again, I'm going off the internet, which is never the best way to go off anything. I'd say that the, the reviews are pretty, like, the, the majority of people are pretty polarized by it. I've not seen anybody happy with it. Well, that's not true. You're right. Because I, I, I only looked at one post, and I was reading through the comments, and it felt like more people were unhappy with it. But there were some people that were like, I don't know what everybody's talking about. This was great. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and, and that's really any movie, especially when you get into a beloved franchise. I mean, you know, people for years were just aching their bacon for some new Star Wars. And then when it started <laughs> happening, oh, we're just going to hate on it. It's like, what is the point? What is the, <clears throat> the point for you to even carry this franchise through if you're not going to let people tell their story? You know, right. like now I get if there's some massive, crazy plot twist that negates the following films or whatever, or it just really just is an upset in that way, then I get it. But I mean, people are trying to continue this franchise for you. You know, like, what do you really want out of the movie? And I have come to a conclusion with this trilogy as a whole. I'll just save it for the end. But we'll talk about this movie okay. right now. Um I I was entertained. Mm -hmm. I know that much. Um, this movie uh, was very different than I imagined it being. Yes. Which, <laughs> everything I've said is so vague, and it's not really leaning <laughs> one way or the other. But, um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about- The director we'll made about, some decisions. Yep, there was a camera involved. <laughs> Actresses and actors were also involved. Um, yes, people have seen this movie. Yes, <laughs> I love. I love going. To, I I want to review and talk about everything so big like that. This um, movie was on t on my TV. Yep, I saw it on the cack. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna say this because this is my overall statement of of the franchise which will maybe allow us to talk about this movie a bit easier so i'm not really going to spoil my opinion on it but i'm going to say this i think the first halloween movie in this trilogy could have easily been it mm -hmm. that's it i think that's all they could have done um with a caveat of knowing that Michael legitimately died at the end of that first movie. Mm -hmm. Because here, here and here's why I say that. Um for one, this the the first movie in this trilogy is so hard to talk about these damn movies. Um but the first movie in this trilogy is actually supposed to be the sequel to the original 1978 Halloween film. So yeah. this movie had the balls to come out and say, "No, this is the true sequel." That sequel, oh yeah, that sequel that I was in, Jamie Lee, I was in that second movie, um, still playing me, still playing Laurie Stroud, that's not really the sequel, even though it's yeah. damn well been the sequel for the last 40 years, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're not idiots, but, you know, to take a different approach with the story that they did, this, they kind of had to go about it at this point. So if you know anything about these movies, which I know y'all pretty much do, um, the original sequel to Halloween is a continuation of Halloween night in the first movie. So mm -hmm. in the first movie, we see Michael fall out the window of Lori's house and, um, or the house she's babysitting at. And, um, next thing we know, the body's gone. 
And they could have ended it then. I mean, every movie could really end that way. It's always up to the powers that be to continue telling the story if they choose to do so. But I love I love the first movie. It's a classic. It's wonderful. Um, uh, but they decide, hey, night, second movie will continue this night. And I thought that was kind of a cool move. I kind of thought, wow, that's really unique that a sequel is picking up the same day as the first movie. Normally it's like, 10 years later you know yeah. or you know like something dramatic like that but i know it's just a couple it's about an hour later it just took two years to get to it you know <laughs> um i always thought that was cool but i do really love and respect the route they took with this new trilogy the first movie at least of what does Lori look like 40 years later what is how has her life been? Because she is a survivor of a very traumatic night. Her best friends were all murdered brutally. The town has suffered loss. It's been scared out of its wits. And like, what if Michael Myers, you know, we know he disappeared at the end of the first one, but like maybe he disappeared because he got caught and he was locked up. And what is it like living life knowing that that man is still alive and behind bars? Like, you're going to be a little paranoid. You're going to be a little worried. Now, I think I went on record saying when we reviewed Halloween uh, remake that we were both kind of shocked at just how dramatic this whole thing was of like, really? You didn't find any comfort or ease in that 40 years? You didn't find any peace knowing that like, you know, he's he's locked up. He's not going to get to you. You know, you didn't you didn't live your life at all. But. I'm kind of like, hey, maybe that is the case. I don't know. I didn't go through that night. I wasn't being chased around by <laughs> uh, by Michael Myers on Halloween night in 1978. So, yeah, maybe yeah. I am going to be a little on edge. But it was cool and interesting to see, like, oh, man, she's not just on edge, but she's she's living out in the sticks. Her house is a damn booby trap for the moment he comes looking for her. Um, it's interesting. And I really liked that they were able to trap him down in the house and then the house was rigged to explode, to implode on itself. When that happens, I'm like, brilliant. That's great. You know? Um, And after seeing the second and third movie in this trilogy, I'm like, we we didn't really need these, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do remember saying that uh, it did feel a little dramatic in in the first of this trilogy. However, I understood that even though they said that the other movies like, you know, Halloween two through however many there were nine or 10 or whatever, while they said that those movies never existed to true Halloween fans, they obviously did. We obviously yes. knew his threat level. We knew his body count. And so even though he only killed five people in the first movie, we still know that he killed 50 throughout an entire yeah. um, entire franchise. So it's like we right. know how threatening Michael Myers could be. Yeah, we know how Were he to he get is. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um and really, this 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 movie, this new trilogy, is for people who have lived with this franchise for that long. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I like a newbie can come and watch it, but they they're gonna have to go seek out the the original film. You know, if they're right. if they're gonna want to have any kind of reference for this film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, I want to say this because Halloween three, 
if we can just gloss over the very, very beginning of it, because the very beginning, I was not expecting any of that. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. what is this intro? Like, what is happening right here? What, who, who is this character? Why, you know, so many questions, right? But we mm-hmm. do finally get to zero in on Lori. And here's where I do, like, I just kind of said, like, we didn't need the second and third one in this trilogy. But maybe we did to, to for something. It was nice because this. So the interesting thing is, <laughs> oh god, the second movie in this trilogy is a continuation of the first movie mm-hmm. in this trilogy. Same night, so it kind mm-hmm. of fall. Am I am I wrong or is it the next Halloween? No, uh, is it no the same it's, night? it's it's the same night. Yeah, I think it is. I I, I might be talking out my butt. I'm but pretty I sure because I, I think like the boyfriend. They didn't really conclude his story in the first movie, the 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 bad boyfriend. And then I think in the second movie, like he's, he's still wearing first. that costume. Yeah, that makes the sense. First movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Regardless, um, the, the we we get to zero in on Lori for a bit after the shocking intro to this new movie. And she's found peace, which I'm kind of excited about because this movie is a couple years later. So mm-hmm. what's happened is Lori has decided, you know what? Um, I, she's suffering the loss of her daughter. You know, she's she's now becoming the the primary, not primary caretaker because the, the granddaughter is a grown ass woman at this point. But they're living together. <laughs> they got a house together. Um, you know, they're they're helping each other cope. And, and, and you know, it's it's a good situation. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's she's writing a book. She's expressing all these things that she's gone through. She's exploring this idea of like, how can I deal with uh, how can I take my my tragedy and, and turn it into something that, you know, can help her heal. So um, she's writing a book. She's she's doing better. She's getting out. She's flirting with men at the grocery store. You know, oh, man, it is it is a spicy <laughs> life for Miss Lori Strode. Um, uh, you know, it's it's looking good for her. But she's seeing her daughter take interest in a boy that she brought into, you know, basically kind of set her up with, uh, uh, intentionally, unintentionally, just kind of a, kind of a series of of events that kind of just worked its way out. But, um, Mm -hmm. she's seeing her daughter now or her granddaughter take interest in somebody who could potentially be dangerous, but she just didn't know. Uh, that they could be dangerous and i don't know there i feel like there was a lot of mixed messaging with this part of the story Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where my beef comes in so here's 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 my beef with this movie really do enjoy seeing Lori find some peace really do seeing her try to find uh some healing in all this i think that's awesome especially Mm -hmm. as like i said it was really jarring to see her 40 years later still stressed out of her mind about the situation and we know that took a serious toll on her marriage on her daughter's life i mean it really trickled down you know through every asset of her life as as the older she got which is sad um Mm -hmm. So it is good to get some 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 resolution here, or at least see the path to resolution. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very very hard to introduce a brand new character in the last movie. Yes, like really freaking hard because yes. I feel like Homeboy, and maybe you know I'm I'm gonna say like I feel like he flipped the switch pretty quick, but I'm also having to look at this like man, this Corey character 
has really suffered something super tragic that he had no, that was not his fault. And as we kind of find out, the town is still hurting from all these events that they're not going to let him forget that what he did. And they're mm-hmm. still not letting Lori slide. Lori gets right. caught. She's she's in a glow after leaving the the supermarket of Fortin with the with the with the homeboy there. And yeah. she, you know, she's like, ooh, you know, and then there's a woman out there saying, like, what are you smiling about? Mm-hmm. And she's showing her sister who was attacked by Michael Myers, who's still living, and was like, Can can you look at my sister? This is your f-. I'm like, yo, that's so unfair. But also mm-hmm. that's the reality of like what Lori has to deal with. Lori, Lori is trying to live her life, but she is still like sh- covered in the shadow that the town is just like, this was your guy. This was your killer. You didn't stop him. Look what happened to all of us. Look what I that's, don't have, which is really effed I, up. That's when I ask myself, why doesn't she just leave? Why does she I know, stay in Haddonfield? Get out of Haddonfield for sure, man. <laughs> Because uh, it's like, what's Hawaii. keeping her there? <laughs> she didn't. Yeah, have, it's uh, with the well, exception and, of her and maybe that's the yeah, that's the thing. Maybe it is the granddaughter that's keeping her there. You know, um, that could be. But then the granddaughter so leaves. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, brother. Um, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, I guess I guess we have to talk about the first scene because that is setting the premise for the biggest plot in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. We are introduced multiple Halloweens later. We are introduced to a character named Corey who is babysitting a, a little boy at this house. And um, essentially they're goofing around. The boy is trying to play a prank on Corey, the babysitter, and ends up locking him in a closet to scare him. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the babysitter is locked in the closet. And he's having, a, like, he's trying to bust out. Like, he's freaking out. He's very timid. He's very worried, especially when, you know, he knows, like, uh, like there's a knife that he had missing on the table and the boy has been scared of Michael Myers and all this stuff. So tension is high and he's beaten down the door and he kicks open the door that the boy is on the other side of. And the boy goes flying off the stairs and we're, and I, I, this is something I've learned in my writing. You know, when you introduce something, the significance of that, it's not like every time you watch a Friday the 13th movie, you see, oh, what is that spike off the back of the truck? Why are we focusing in on that? That's to set you up because there's going to be a body that's impaled on that later. So you need to see it now to know Mm -hmm. that this didn't come out of nowhere. Same thing when you get to this house. There's a big shot of the aerial view from the downstairs up. Wow, that's an awfully big staircase. (laughs) Well, lo and behold, you know, a couple minutes later, we're going to find out just how bad of an idea it is to have a house like that. Because that boy goes flying off the rails and falls to his death. And it is just disgustingly brutal and heartbreaking and such a what the F moment that you're just like, what am I in for now? Like, I just saw a child die in this movie. And who is this baby? Like, it's his fault, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a way, what a weird, again, it's weird enough introducing a new character at the end of a trilogy, but to start it off like that, you're like, holy smokes, what are we getting into, fam? Yeah, like, um, <clears throat> I kind of liked the opening because for some reason in my mind, I thought that that was just going to be it. Like, we weren't going to see the Corey character anymore throughout the movie. Because do you remember when they were talking about 
making Halloween 3, the original Halloween 3, they wanted to just take Halloween into a direction where it wasn't about Michael Myers anymore. It was just yeah, going to be, be like about story, Halloween nights. Stories on Halloween night. I was like, whoa, what if this is kind of a nod to that? Like, this is just something <laughs> terrible that happened yeah. on Halloween night. It's like there's no Michael Myers around right now. He's still mentioned and he's still kind of a threat, but this could just be like a cool uh you know halloween night story and that's kind of what i thought they were going to do with it i was like maybe this is just something that somebody's telling a story that somebody's telling somebody around a campfire about something else that happened in haddonfield and um that was caused by the paranoia of michael myers and um but then they they chose to keep going with his character and his story. And, um, but as just as a scene, I really liked that. I liked it as like a contained little story. Yeah. Um, cause it, it kind of felt like something that you would see in like an anthology, how a horror movie story. Yeah. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, um, then they kind of, like you don't even see Michael Myers truly until like halfway through the movie, I feel like. And so like, I did kind of like wonder where they were going with this. It almost felt like a, like a love story almost that we were watching instead of a, a Halloween movie, like the the coming together of Lori and this, this kid, especially when they're like riding their motorcycle throughout the city at night. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> I kind of forgot what movie I, I was watching at one it point. Is, it is weird. It was kind of like this, like bad romance. Like, I don't say bad and like terrible. I mean like bad as in like this, this is a relationship that's not good, but like a, yeah. like a bad relationship type of movie where it's like, Oh, she's with the real bad boy, you know? But mm-hmm. the thing is, it's like, he's not a bad boy. Like he, he is such a punk. Like he is getting shit on all the time by the people in the community. There's literally a group of kids who are just hellraisers to him and they're high schoolers you know what i mean like and they and they're not even scared of him they will pick on him and drive him to insanity and then like i said he flips the switch and now he's mr bad and it's like are you though like when have you been like mr bad but he's kind of just leaning into this persona of like well uh everybody thinks i'm a killer I guess what would be war, you know, what's the what's the difference in actually being a killer? But he has this encounter with Michael Myers, like he gets thrown off a bridge, one of the multiple times of being harassed by these high schoolers. They throw him off a bridge, and his body gets drug away into a um, sewer by Michael mm-hmm. Myers. And mm-hmm. that's just where I'm kind of like, well, what is happening? Why doesn't Michael just kill this kid? Like, Michael is like hiding in a sewer. Because he know his time is up. Is that what I'm getting? Like he's like, I See, I I can't do what I do anymore. I'm here to stay safe, but maybe you can do what I do. And maybe I'll come along and help a little bit, but like maybe you're gonna carry this on for me. Like I that's just kind of where I'm lost. I like the concept. Yeah. I love I like the concept of like passing the torch. That's always been a really cool thing to see in sports, in wrestling, mm-hmm. in you know in real life where it's like you know the father has his business and he passes it on down to the kid now it's your business do with it as you will but this is like a weird passing the torch is like all right now you do the killing and it's like but i don't know why you (laughs) did the killing in the first place yeah which again this rob zombie when his movie he at least gave you a reason why oh now we know why 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 michael is messed up 
you know, but mm-hmm. in this, we, we still to this day do not know why Michael is the way that he was within the contents of the original storyline. It's just, well, he was looking at his sister, you know, buck naked, you know, brushing her <laughs> hair and decided to kill her. But we don't know why. His parents seem pretty normal. We don't get any insight to them. You know, it's not like they yeah. were abusive or harmful or, you know, whatever. It's like, we just don't know. We just know that Michael Myers is pure evil. So we know I'm gonna that, touch, but does he have that ability to pass it on? Well, I'm going to touch on that before we wrap up because I, I want that to be like one of the last things I talk about because I, I had a revelation in analyzing this movie with myself and it was where I kind of came into, I told you, I was like, I don't know if this story was trash or whether it was genius. And you're like, I, oh, genius. Yeah, I'm like, really? <laughs> and so that's like, a, that's, that's a word. Yeah, that, that's where I'm going to get into that. But um. The when he meets Michael in the sewer, that was the most convoluted portion of the movie to me because I didn't know what they were trying to tell us. Were they trying to tell us, like you said, was Michael hiding out because he knows he's about to die? Was he just kind of like saving his last days, picking off homeless people because that's all he could really do? Because that that one homeless guy said, you know, he'll he'll take people in there and you never see him again or people go in that pipe and you never see him again. But when Corey took that one homeless or no, not it wasn't the homeless guy. It was the police officer that was kind of giving him a hard time uh, when he was with dinner with Lori's granddaughter. He went looking for him (laughs) and he took or the police officer followed him into the sewer. And it was like Corey led him to Michael. And as Michael killed the police officer, he kind of did this like supernatural shake And I'm like, is he drawing power from killing? And I was like, is this supposed to be some sort of nod to the supernatural element of the later Halloween movies where they did like that curse of thorn thing where he's like, he's under some sort of mystical spell where he has to kill. And um, because he also did that thing where he first comes into contact with Corey, he like grabs him by the throat and he has these like flashes of Corey killing the kid several Halloweens ago and he that's I, I assumed that's why he let him go because he was like oh you're 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 the same as me <laughs> you killed on yeah. Halloween night too and so sure. like <laughs> I was like is there some sort of supernatural element to this because they've never implied that um, other than the fact at, that you just can't seem to kill him and he's just super right. freaking strong like within within this trilogy they've never implied some sort of supernatural element other than you're correct that he just won't die yeah. or that like there's something between him and Lori that is keeping him alive whether it's the fact that they have to like one of them has to kill each other kill the right. other for them to to be dead yeah and, and and that's what i'm saying like i just i don't know I, I don't know how they could have done that differently it is interesting like maybe maybe he was seeing like you know when when michael killed the officer he was just kind of like oh um maybe that's how i get my respect maybe that's how like maybe like again everyone already thinks i'm this horrible person because of the accident i had as a babysitter um mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and just be what they want me to be. That kind of thing. Cause it, yeah. like it really seemed like it was really discouraging how relentless the town was towards him and glory, you know, like they were, they would just call them awful names and just blame all their 
troubles on these two people you know like he he had multiple run-ins with the boy's mom uh and dad throughout the movie that were just heartbreaking you know mm-hmm. like and i get it like i i mean i feel like I, I feel like you could easily carry that grudge but it's like um it was it was just palpable how much of a grudge was against these two characters you know Lori and, and Corey. yeah yeah. What what I didn't understand, here's what I also thought was convoluted. You know, there was a time like after let's just say Corey broke bad, you know, Lori and a few other people were kind of noticing like he did not look the same. Like there was a mysticism about him that like was just like, that's not Corey. I know it's him, but I'm not seeing, you know, kind of like because we've heard that rarity throughout the whole Halloween franchise of like you know, when Loomis would talk about his encounters with uh, Michael through therapy and all this stuff where he's like, his eyes are just black. They're soulless. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he, there's no, there's no uh, human connection anymore. He's just pure evil in walking human form. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, so we're kind of hearing the same thing about Corey now. Like he's, you know, he's turned this key. He's, he's becoming like this, this, this thing that's not him anymore. Um, right. What I, what I found weird was like, okay, you guys see that, but why is the daughter, like, why is the granddaughter, like, in love with him? And, like, why is she not seeing that? And then, like, why are we drawing parallels? Because it felt like, I don't know if you got this vibe, too, but I feel like they were drawing parallels between, like, oh, well, you know, Lori and Michael had the same kind of connection, you know, or, you know, this, this, like, not relationship but it almost kind of felt like they were trying to imply that there was like a connection or a relationship between Lori and michael that was obviously not similar at all to Corey and the granddaughter you know what i mean like it's like of course it's the granddaughter of Lori who's liking this bad boy but i'm like but Lori mm-hmm. didn't have a thing for michael like i don't under- like it, it literally could have been any any girl in the movie you know what i mean like well okay so i'll go ahead and get into the 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 thing that I was talking about being genius, because this is, okay. it, we're starting to borderline on this. So you'll kind of have to bear with me for a minute while I try and explain this. Um, Cause you're the first person that I'm trying to talk through this with. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so in any Halloween movie, I don't feel like we ever got any sort of explanation as to why Michael is the way he is. Right. So, and in the original Halloween, everything seems very random. Like Michael is just zoning in on babysitters. He's just killing random teenage girls. And he's. Yeah. Which but originally he, that was the premise of the movie. It that was, was supposed to be pre- called the babysitter murders or something right. like that. But it felt like at some point he was kind of zeroing in on Lori. And it may be that she just kept getting away from him and he didn't want to let her go. And so it was kind of like that was the motive for him going after her throughout the rest of the movie. Um, But here's my theory. My theory is that the Corey character was introduced to tell the story of Michael and Lori. Because I don't, I think they wanted to give that backstory to Michael and Lori. But they didn't think that in, in the third movie, I don't think they wanted to literally tell that story like go back in time and show michael as a kid show laurie as a kid i think they wanted to do it at the same time of telling laurie and michael's continuing story so the reason i think that 
is because in the first movie from this trilogy, do you remember the fat friend that kind of made like an aggressive move on Lori's granddaughter um, after she kind of broke it off with the boyfriend? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like the very next scene is him walking home and when right before he gets killed by Michael, he's talking to this old man and that he thinks is another person. He doesn't know that it's actually Michael Myers. And he's talking to him. He's like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm kind of drunk. But did you ever just have a girl that, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, if you want to be with her, but you just never could, she always got away or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said that and then Michael kind of looked at him and then walked away. And then, and then proceeded to kill him. But that was my <laughs> first inkling that they were either trying to say that Lori was the one that got away in the sense that he was killing babysitters that night and she got away. That's why he's so obsessed with her. Or that he actually knew her. Wait, no, that can't be because there was too much of a time difference. She was no, like 17 when he was... okay. In this movie, in this third movie, they made a somebody says that Lori made fun of Michael and that Michael couldn't get over it. That I took that as Michael and Lori were the same age. They probably could have been or similar in ages, like because they're both old people in this movie. And Lori's maybe like 17 or 18 in the original Halloween. And he might be what? Early 20s. Um, I can't remember how long after um, he kills his sister. There is a time gap between the very first scene of the movie where he's a murderer to where he's a grown adult or, you know, grown up. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he get grown up meaning he could be like 15, you know, because when we first see him, he's like seven or 10 or something like that. Right. Well, see, that led me to believe when they said that Lori made fun of Michael as a kid and Michael couldn't get over it, that that led me to believe that Michael might have had a crush on Lori and Lori was mean to him and he couldn't get over it. And so he essentially thought, if I can't have her, nobody can, which is what Corey says. And because Lori won't let her granddaughter be with somebody who she sees as following down the same path as Michael. And so he, you know, he says to her, if I can't have her, nobody can. And that's why he's going after her and he's going to kill her. That's why he's killing everybody in his path. That's done him wrong or essentially, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of my theory where it's like, it was odd to introduce Corey. It was odd to introduce this new story, but I felt like it was to help further explain the relationship of Michael and Lori. If maybe not in a beat for beat, this is exactly what happened to Michael and Lori when they were kids. Maybe give him more justification of there was something that happened between Michael and Lori that maybe even happened before Michael killed his sister to where that kind of set off him on this journey of like losing his humanity becoming evil and then just killing everybody in his path because he can't have Lori. So nobody around her can, can be happy either. Wow. Dude, I, I kind of want that to be true. Cause if you think about it in the sense of like, you're right, this is the third movie in a franchise that we all know. It'd be like, 
we all know Batman's story. Do not tell mm -hmm. about him losing his parents in like the third or fourth movie of a series. It's like, we know this. <laughs> we know what's going on. We don't need the backstory. In fact, nobody needs a Batman backstory ever again. Right. Um, but like, you know, if if the third movie, in the first movie of this trilogy, we see Laurie 40 years later, she's lost her mind. She's paranoid. She's scared. She's hurt. She's damaged, etc. Um, you, we better see her. Like I was saying, the world needs to be different at the end of this movie. At the, so if mm -hmm. this movie is considered a trilogy, which it is, then she needs to be different. We need to see her world be different at the end. And so that's where we see her finding peace, fording at the grocery store, writing a book, etc. Um, you know, living, living in town again, that's a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. so it would be very bad to go back and try to tell a, a prequel ish thing when we're just like because we need to see Lori move on that's so important mm -hmm. so yeah using this Corey character to kind of reflect of you know kind of be the um maybe that the 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 here and now version of maybe what could have happened to michael mm -hmm. 40 years ago 50 years ago whatever um is is kind of an interesting take if that, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's like, like you were saying, like he's in the story to kind of tell us what, not exactly what uh, Lori and Michael's relationship or upbringing was, but you know, like, you know, like I don't know, like we still don't know why Michael killed his sister. You know, right. I guess that's the only downfall is that we don't know why he murdered her. Um, well. But so we, that goes but, back. But we could sit here and say, like, maybe he, maybe him and Lori were schoolmates. Maybe they're, yes. maybe he was a grade ahead or a grade below, uh, you know, what, what, whatever, you know. Um, yeah. I, I like that. I like, I like thinking like that and thinking, like, okay, he who was going after her and her friends specifically, uh, you know, 10 years later or whatever on Halloween night. Um, yeah. But there's still so many unanswered questions. Yeah. Cause they never specifically say anything. It's just a character will say something that you can either take at face value or really read into. And that was the first time that I kind of picked up on something that with that, with that friend that got killed where I, I think I remember it better. Now he was like, did you ever like a girl that you knew you could just never have, or you could just yeah. never have never get or something like that. And that resonated with, with me when he said that, cause that felt like such a profound line. Like it, it felt like it meant more, than what he was just saying, it, especially yeah. the way that Michael reacted to it, because he just kind of stood there. He always stands there, but then he yeah. left. It's, it's like he really was kind of thinking about that for a second. And and to me, that was my first inclination that maybe he knew Lori. Th there was more to him chasing Lori than she was just the babysitter that got away. And. And then, I mean, I also took it down different roads of like, maybe he loved his sister and he was in love with his sister and that, you know, people were saying, you can't date your sister. You can't be in love with your sister. So it's like, if I can't have her, nobody can have. So maybe that's why he killed his sister. Mm. Um, <clears throat> wow. But so, I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can take these theories down. And I think that's part of the fun of it. But um, I don't know that that. It, it's the frustrating part is that we just won't ever know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I don't I, think we should know. No. And, and that's what I was saying uh, earlier, you know, like we, we really didn't need a second movie after the original. I mean, it can, it can just be like, Oh wow, this, this kid's a nut 
He's a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> he killed his sister, and now all these years later, he's been locked up. He's just he's got the itch to kill. I can can understand why he's going out there Halloween night. He, he just wants to keep doing what he was doing. He was stopped, um, mm-hmm. and leave it at that, and leave it at the fact that like he's just gone now. You know, at the end of the movie, oh, that's spooky, right? Okay, and then that's your classic campfire tale. The guy got away. He could still be in the woods now. You know, yeah. And that's fine. That's a still a great ghost story. It's scary. It did its job. Um, I've I have found that it's incredibly hard to add to something that was already pretty good to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so again, that's why we're so critical of things like Hocus Pocus Two or Halloween. And you know, there's there, there's more. You're you're just creating more opportunity for more plot holes. But um, as much as complicated as this third movie was, and pretty long too, you know, because it had to be. Um, mm-hmm. I I can't say I hated it. I can't say I loved it. Um, and I still think in the grand scheme of things, the the first one could have been the last movie. If Michael had died in that fire and that was kind of roll roll scene, that would have been enough for me because it's like, okay, good. We know there was 40 years that passed between her last encounter with Michael to tonight. She's prepared for it. She's worked hard for it. Let's see her, you know, get the win michael dies in her house the trap that she's Mm -hmm. lived in which was very symbolic right of her being trapped literally like she's the prisoner of this house you know not just that it was michael's trap but it was really her trap you know Mm -hmm. she was staying stuck in this and then you could have had a little montage at the end where um you know Lori's living with uh with her daughter and her granddaughter yeah um you know she's she is writing that book she is getting her little fort on at the grocery store you know like we could see just a little synopsis of that towards the end of that movie to where we didn't need to like because it sucked watching that second movie seeing her daughter die that sucked that hurt um you know what do we do what do we do to deserve seeing that you know what i mean like come on bro we've been riding with you jamie lee we've been riding with you this whole movie why do we have to see that you know um so that's that's kind of where i'm coming at it like but i think again if if the plot if the if you go to hollywood you say hey mr hollywood we want to bring right the hall oh no don't do that don't bring halloween no we want to jamie lee's on board okay word jamie lee's on board what's she gonna do um we want to do this like okay but we want to make money so make it three movies this is what you Mm -hmm. get this is what you get yeah see i almost wish they had taken the plot of the third movie and made that the second movie and the second movie the third movie because the more and more i think about this i see after i watched the third movie i was like that was not very good that was kind of a weird decision to to make for the third movie but the more and more I think about it, the more and more it kind of makes sense because the first movie was, you know, getting the gang back together. It had yeah. been 40 years since the original movie. They had to explain where Michael's been, where <laughs> Jamie's been. <laughs> how's he, <laughs> how's he, how's he escape? You know, there had to be that story. And then the second, second movie, they were just like, let's just let them, let's let them have fun. <laughs> Let's Michael yeah. have what would Michael be on a complete rampage throughout an entire movie, and right. so that's basically what it was. We just watched Michael go around and kill people. Oh my gosh! And yeah, that that's movie why was it, brutal. Yeah, and that's why it was called Cal- Halloween Kills because that's literally all that happened. He just killed yeah. people throughout the entire movie, and then for the third movie, Halloween ends, 
And I'm not, I don't so much dislike the direction that they took for this movie. I just felt like it was a weird decision for a third movie, for the conclusion. Because yeah. I felt like the conclusion should be that epic battle of Michael Myers killing people, going on this rampage, this berserker, and then Laurie Strode finally killing him at yeah. the end. Whereas we could have gotten that introspection of the possible. Corey character being this you know pseudo michael myers jamie lee or laurie strode relationship explanation in the middle movie so that it's kind of building up everything towards that berserker you know killing spree in the in the third movie because they really like michael myers was not threatening in this movie i don't think no he with, was the, with the exception pansy <laughs> well like with the exception of the of the homeless people, I don't. Did he even? Yeah, he killed that doctor, that dentist. Yeah, um, that was pretty and, brutal. Yeah, and and the he killed the dentist and his like he had a pretty assistant. good nap in that sewer. He's like, I got one more in me. <laughs> I got one more. Step aside. Yeah, little man, little Corey. <laughs> let me let I'll show you how you really do this. Yeah, and I felt like that's what it was for. It was kind of like he was teaching Corey what Corey wanted to know. It wasn't yeah. him going on a killing spree again. See, like, I don't know. I don't know. Ropes. I don't know what they were trying to do with. Michael I don't either, dude. It's, I don't it's know a if they confusing. knew what. <laughs> and then I, you mentioned it, um, how they'll set things up in movies where like you see the spike and you know that that spike's going to be used later to impale somebody. I hated that they showed that car mangler in the beginning. Cause I knew this is the final movie. Somebody's going to die. Somebody They're going to die in that, that mangler. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I've said all along, I've never said this publicly, but like, that's the only way you can kill Michael Myers is you have to completely disintegrate his body. Yeah. Because if not, they're going to find a way for him to come back. Yeah. And um, like when they did Halloween H2O and she beheaded him at the end, I was like, can't come back from that. Yeah. And then Let's sure see, enough, they did. Let's get your head back on, guy. Yep. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Little did you know, somebody scooped it up in a little ice chest and sewed it right back on. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But what's so crazy is I wanted to mention this to you and ask if you felt this. Um, it is so crazy that the tropes of horror movies are so ingrained in us that I still felt like you were going to see Michael Myers at the end or like hear the heavy breathing. Um, some implication that he might have survived that that yeah. car mangler or or it wasn't him or something like that and um but I, I i did think that was really genius at the end where they kind of showed like the shots of the house and the surroundings much like the end of the original halloween but you didn't hear anything and yeah that was to kind of let you know he really is dead yeah yeah i mean it, it's such a complicated movie and it's and i feel like <sighs> I feel like you, at this point, and this is where the third movie gets the shaft, is you do have to kind of judge the entire franchise, not just the movie, um, yeah. because it is the the it's the cap, you know that this yeah. is it. Um, and in my opinion, I didn't enjoy the second one. I thought I'm, I'm, I'll say this for the record, you know i I know Halloween one, the original seventy eight, was brutal for its time, and that really mm -hmm. like scared and 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 freaked a lot of people out and it's pretty violent for its time uh but you know we've said it before 
uh, the newer these movies get, you know, it's kind of like video games. It's like, oh, hey, Mario, that was a fun game. It's like, yeah, but what if you could see Mario's zits? And everything's like <laughs> really intensified and really high detailed. You're like, I don't know if I want to see Mario's zits, you know? Kind of the same yeah. thing with horror movies. It's like, okay, we'll make a new Friday the 13th. It's like, well, how do we make it like better? It's like, I know. We'll show all the guts and we'll show all yeah. the blood and and. And Halloween Kills was by far the most violent and brutal movie I've ever seen. And I'm at that age where I'm like, I ain't wanting to finna see this. I don't want to watch that. You know, like that's gross. Um, It's a weird, it's a weird parallel because it's like you think back to the old 80s slasher movies and like, yeah, they may have some exploding heads, but you'll catch a glimpse of the head right before it explodes. And you know that that's like a Play-Doh plaster, (laughs) really poorly made head. And it's like, so it doesn't hit you as hard so like when he's stomping a head in this movie i don't think that's technically how a head would explode in real life but it looks like it is because it's so the the brains and the guts and the blood are so realistic it's so it's like a weird mixture of fantasy and realism that is almost too much to take sometimes yeah yeah i agree um yeah i i i i think overall halloween ends was okay <laughs> yeah uh, i liked it more than the second movie so it would go too. one oh, three two far. for me yeah the second movie literally is just like filler i guess um, yeah and see that's why i wish they would put that Corey story in there because it would have given the second movie a little more substance yeah and they could have just had fun with this last one and made it a real real blockbuster yeah yeah i I mean, it is what it is. I, I think as a trilogy, I can forgive the second movie and I can enjoy the third movie a bit more. If I have to base them all as individuals, that first one's still the best. And I think they easily could have ended it there. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> with my rating, I'm going to I'm going to give Halloween ends. Uh, I'm actually gonna give it a two scoops. That's what I'm giving it as well. The more I think about it, the better it sounds to me, but it was still, I don't think it was a three scoop. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I, I definitely see it. Uh, that's my recommendation. If you've, um, I mean, I hope you've seen it before we talked about it because otherwise don't see it. We literally told you everything that happens. Um, <laughs> don't waste yeah. your time. Uh, but yeah, I like I said, it, it's a complicated movie. There's some parts that are like really pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot of emotion in, in it. Like, um, you know, like it, it it's interesting. Like, I, I mean, it is yeah. a good movie. I, I think it was a lot to cover in just one film. Uh, so you kind of think like, man, <laughs> that's why the second movie kind of pisses me off even more um, because it was yeah. just a was just a, a, a gore fest. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, you could have spread this out a little bit, but it is what it is. And, um, yeah. like I said, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's, uh, you know, for something that was as bold, this trilogy in general, something as bold as to say, we're going to negate every single film that's been made after the first one. They could have done worse for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast or not, but have you ever watched Breaking Bad? Oh yeah. That's a perfect show. It is. And it has ruined me for everything else in life as far as entertainment (laughs) goes, because I want everything to be written on that level of like 
you know, I was talking about it with a coworker the other day. And he mentioned that they will they will take a random line from an episode and build an entire universe around that. And it's yeah. like it is so well crafted and meticulously thought about that it's just like when when nothing else lives up to that for me, it's a disappointment. And yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's ruined me for movies like this that otherwise might not have been that bad and uh but i just i want everything to be that thought out and that well crafted nowadays yeah i was like there's no excuse there's no excuse there is no excuse yeah hire the people that wrote breaking brad and make a halloween movie that's all you gotta do (laughs) no just just care about your story yeah that much you know if you if you're going through the trouble of making a million dollars movie then you know take some time (laughs) write it out first (laughs) Yeah, put it on some paper. <laughs> All this winging it from the camera. I, that's yeah. wacky. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this was truly a treat of an episode. I don't think you and I have talked about movies. And I'm not sitting here saying that we have uh, great opinions, even good opinions that were even knowledgeable in film or anything like this. But <laughs> I've always enjoyed our conversations about the films we've talked about because it always gets me to think a little bit more past my initial impression. It always challenges me. Like it really, it really challenges me to think about uh, the story and you know how how you know how things are portrayed. And um, again, I want everyone to have their own opinion. I never take anyone's opinion seriously ever. Um, if they say a movie sucks, I'll still see it because I gotta know. I gotta know why it sucks. I want to. I want that to be my opinion if that is the case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun talking about these two movies, and uh, uh, yeah, I feel like I dusted my brain off a little bit for this. You know, it wasn't just your average Cole yeah. might shoot in the shoot. It was us diving deep, getting it hurt a little bit. It I did. I need to take yeah. some ibuprofen and eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kind of want to go to McDonald's right now. I feel like I'm cheating on my kids. <laughs> I know. They're like, well, you better at least find out where they got them. That way you're not like dragging them around the greater yeah. part of the central Oklahoma looking for these dang buckets. <laughs> would you would you think less of me if I called the McDonald's and be like, do you have the Halloween buckets? Like, I mean, I wanna... if you could talk to somebody, I don't think I'm, I've ever called yeah, a place. I've never called a, a McDonald's. <laughs> I've never called a McDonald's before. And that's how you know you're not totally screwed in life. Yeah. Like, if you're calling I, a McDonald's, you've, you've got to get your priorities in order. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like that's growth. Like, back in the day, I'd be driving to seven different m- McDonald's yeah, like, wasting all that gas. I am 37 years old. I'm not driving to... All over town looking for these buckets. I'll just call and see if they have them. I do think I called a grocery store once about Ecto Cooler back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> that's not terrible. No, you just you didn't want to be disappointed. You didn't want to drive all that way and not find anything. I remember talking to customer service at Publix asking about it too. And Were I, they I like gave s- I gave them my phone number to say, will you please yeah. call me when this juice comes in? <laughs> did they? <laughs> no. Because it never, it did go to Publix, didn't it? Yeah, I did. I did find it at Publix. I'm like, nobody told me about this. Like, you have my number. <laughs> who, who is this guy? Yeah, they're like, what? <laughs> Somebody talking about Ecto Cooler? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, we hope you guys had a spooky good time. We'll see you back. 
next week for another episode of the Scary Movie Asking Not Podcast, or else! Gonna get it, bitch! Later!